What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Next Gen Newsweek, your weekly podcast for all things Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 and sometimes Nintendo Switch news. Tonight, it's mostly going to be PlayStation news, though, because we have a big blowout of pricing and release dates and games for you that are coming out this holiday for the PlayStation 5. My name is Mitch. Tonight, I'm joined with Richard. Hello. Steven. Yo, yo. And special returning guest, David. Hello. David, it's so good to finally have you back on this show, man. Yeah, I have a computer that's not going to shut off on me at minute 62 uh, again. So uh, (laughs) we should be good. That's fantastic. I can't wait. So yeah, uh, today was PlayStation's uh, big blowout to get everyone ready for the holiday season for all the stuff they need to know. Um, about the PlayStation 5, except for the fact that the pre-orders were going live immediately, and now you can't find one. So that's the uh, yeah, that's it's been a big heartbreak this whole afternoon. I've been sitting in front of my computer for the past three hours, refreshing Best Buy and GameStop and Walmart and Target, trying to snag a pre-order. And uh, Richard's been feeling that pain with me, but he finally gave up. But I haven't. So. I, I gave up dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I will have one. I swear. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we're just going to bust through all this news. Uh, there's plenty of games to talk about, plenty of release dates and pricing and stuff like that. But the, the big elephant in the room is November 12th is the release date, which is the Thursday after Xbox. Uh, the Xbox Series X is going to be out on Tuesday, November 2nd, and the PS5 comes out that Thursday on the 12th for $499 and or the all digital for 399 to which Richard called that earlier when we were doing our pre-show for the big event. Do you feel happy that you got the pricing right? Nah, I figured it was a no-brainer. I mean, they didn't I knew there wasn't enough wiggle room for them to to cut into their profits like that and I figured that they probably wish they could have went a little bit higher with it, but because my other guess was five forty nine and four forty nine. Yeah, I, I always felt like five hundred for the main one and like four forty nine for the all digital one. Yeah. Uh, David, how do you like the pricing of the PS Five? Is it about what you expected for it to be? So uh, the disc list drive uh, PS Five. Okay, that was a bit of a tongue twister. The all digital PS Five. There we go. The all digital PS5. <laughs> that sounds a lot better. Um, it's it's the same specs. It's not like Xbox Series S, uh, S is going to be where it's like a little bit more toned down version of it, right? It's a yeah. full PS5 just without a disc drive. Correct. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're fine. I mean, I mean, Xbox Series S is a 300, right? And then yes. the uh, PS, uh, yeah, the all digital is uh, 400. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah, for it not to be toned down, uh, like the Series S, yeah, I'm very happy with the pricing. Uh, should be fine. I mean, I'm always going to buy a disc because I buy physical copy DVDs and Blu-rays. You know, you never know when your internet goes out and you just can't do anything. So I always have that as a backup. I'm always thinking of the future. My only thing with it was if I'm going to buy an Xbox Series S or Series X, sorry, I don't need two $500 gaming consoles that also double as 4K Blu-ray players. Like, I already have one, so I'm going for the all-digital. Um, well, to to add to what you just said, Mitch, uh, you also 
I mean, are pretty much all stationed up in your room, right? I mean, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of like my bedroom, like right now, my bedroom. I have a Xbox 360 in there, and we don't ever use it because I still have my original HD TV. Uh, I'm sorry, no, not HD, flat screen TV that just has an HDMI one HDMI port in the back of it, 32 inch from 2006 or seven. So like I, I want to upgrade that. I want to upgrade that by getting like my Xbox One in there and then like a new flat screen TV and mount it up. That's what I was gonna say. I need. I know you had said at one point you were gonna move your Xbox One into your bedroom. So if you were getting a PS5 and an Xbox Series X, you still wouldn't need two 4K Blu-ray players in your living room though. Right, but the thing is. I mean, I'm going to buy the PS5 mainly for Brianna, and it's going to be probably in the bedroom so that she can play Horizon Ah, in there while I am playing uh, Gears Tactics in here or something, you know? (laughs) Steven, how do you feel about the pricing of the PlayStation 5 being $499 for the one with the disk drive and the all-digital being $399? Well, either way, it's it's a pretty good deal, uh, as mentioned before. Um... I'm not going to be getting it for myself, um, but I'm going to be getting it for my girl. And hearing that news that it's not really going to be watered down like the Xbox um, with the Series S um, for the all-digital version with PlayStation 5, yeah, at, those are amazing prices compared to a couple of generations ago where it was just ridiculous and they still made sales with it. Can you imagine... In 2020, Sony puts out a $600 game console with a 20 gig hard drive on it. Oh, dear God. No, thanks. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so um, we're going to jump into talking about the games. I've got these broken down by uh, ones that come out at launch. And then we're going to talk about the ones that have, um, they're not going to be available at launch, but are coming out next year or some that are even potentially out of next year. Um, The first one, this one, they didn't really talk about it, but we all knew that Astro's Playroom is going to be built in to the PlayStation 5. So no matter which version of the system you get, you'll have this like tech demo game, kind of like a Wii Sports or Nintendo Land type of thing to help you like try out all the different features of the DualSense controller. Um, the big one that I thought was uh, interesting, though, was that Spider-Man Miles Morales is only $49.99 uh, for the base game. Or you can pay $69.99 to get it with the Spider-Man game that came out on uh, PS4 in 2018. Um, David, I know you've played Spider-Man. Would you be willing to pay more money to play it again on PS5? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably just buy the, the Miles Morales uh, standalone. Uh, I wouldn't buy the whole game again unless... I mean, do they say they're going to up the graphics and things like that? ray tracing or anything that hasn't been confirmed i imagine with this it may i mean they'll obviously benefit from having the ssd so there won't be like load screens and stuff but as far as like ray tracing and stuff like that i'm not sure i mean i still have uh the disc version so i mean i'm gonna buy the disc version of the playstation 5 uh so i mean as will my save roll over can i you know, upload the save to the cloud and download it on PS5. Um, not that, sure. That'll that, be something that is that a deciding we, factor. That is something we'll talk about um when we in a little bit when we get to talking about some uh features of the 
PlayStation 5 that Sony's implementing for this next generation. But all right, um, Richard, how about you? Spider-Man, you going to be buying the Miles Morales only or the the bigger version? You know, cause, well, I have Spider-Man already for the PS4. So, you know, I've not read anything about it being like an upconvert to like a PS5 version, but I mean, if it's if it's not any kind of different, then there's there's no real reason to spend that extra to right. get it. Right. And even if that's the case, oh, that's that doesn't seem very cool. I mean, <laughs> pay this want to pay again for an up when you you got a lot of companies that are upgrading, you know, their versions for free. You know, I don't I don't see why they would make someone buy it over again for graphics when that's you know, a lot of other companies aren't doing that. So, uh, no, I mean, that. the final answer is no, I'm, I'm not going to buy that one. I'll I'll get Miles Morales, but I'm not going to buy the big, big, you know, box thing. You know, something to a point you just made that I, I keep forgetting that we never talked about on here. Uh, do y'all remember that game Control that came out, I think, last year by Remedy yeah. Games? It's yeah. uh, recommended for yeah. game of the year, right? Yeah, it was a game um, of the year contender for, I think, last year. So... That game is getting a next-gen version as well, right? But uh, they came out and said that um, if you bought like the base version of Control, even if you bought all the DLC for it and anything, uh, that version of the game will not upgrade to the next-gen. The only way to get the upgrade version is if you go out and buy the Control Complete Edition on disc. And that's the only way to get it to upgrade to next-gen for free which I think is really poor business practice. But why does it matter? Disc is just like uh like a placeholder, like a like um It's just like an ID you, you put the game. in. Yeah, so it's yeah. such an ID you put in to say, "Hey, I have this." And they're like, "Okay." But like yeah. it doesn't run the game at all when you use a uh disc version. It just it's just there. It just sits in your disk drive. Yep. Couldn't tell you, but anyway, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, Steven, I know you're not planning on getting a PS5, probably. Well, you said you get one for your girlfriend, but for uh, you to have something to play on it, was Spider-Man something you could see yourself picking up on day one for your girlfriend's PlayStation that you're probably going to take over? Yeah, after seeing the trailer, um, I was definitely thinking about it. and thinking about going back, and I was going to go in to say, um, I think it plays more so on those people, kind of like myself, who gets blown away from uh, how a trailer is played out and how they think the game is going to be, and they decide that they do want to get it. Um, being those type of people who've never played any of the Spider-Man games or some of the newer Spider-Man games, with them adding that $20 on... Um, and saying, hey, you can get an old copy of this if you're interested in playing Miles Morales. Um, so, yeah, I'd actually get it with um, both of the Spider-Man games on there. So. Nice. Glad to have a little bit of a difference in opinion on whether or not to get it. But I think it's oh, just mostly because, it's mostly because mean, he hasn't played it before. I was about to say, like, if, if I hadn't bought it and I didn't own it, then, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd pay the extra 20 for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now let's jump into the game that I was literally wowed at from the beginning, as soon as the trailer went off for it. 
because, and I'm so happy that this game is actually a launch game, but Demon Souls, Richard, Demon Souls, this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> if there was a game in this presentation that wowed me graphically, it was definitely Demon Souls. Like, but that being said, it's coming out on the 12th of November as well. It is a, it is a $69.99 game. And Richard, take us away with your uh, impressions of the gameplay we saw. You know, it's it's been years and years since I played the original, but a lot of those environments and everything look so familiar. A lot of the enemies looked really familiar. And it just it looks beautiful. As far as the look goes, it looks good. I was a little bit concerned in how easy uh, the player characters seem to be <laughs> having it. Um, there was no on-screen uh, status bars for stamina or health. You know, some of the things that you're used to seeing with the the Soulsborne games. So, I mean, it, it looked beautiful, but with it not being developed by From Software, you know, it's, it's Blue Point. Uh, Sony owns the IP, but you know the the people that makes the Soulborn game, they're not making this one. I'm a little concerned over the level of difficulty. Maybe it'll be hard. I'm hoping it'll be extraordinarily hard, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. I am concerned about the level of difficulty in it being developed by another studio. But look-wise, yeah, the looks will blow you away. Yeah. David? Um, so I have Bloodborne, and uh, I have uh, Dark Souls 1, and uh, I am on the first area in both of those games. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would love to be able to devote some time and get into them, but for the lifestyle that I have, like actually giving it the time and, and skill it needs, it's not something that I'm going to be able to play. Uh, I do want to give it another shot. Uh, but uh, I did defeat the first boss in the first Dark Souls, and then I got lost in the catacombs or the sewers or whatever in the first area, so... Uh, and I kept getting like one-shotted by like these ghosts with needle arms or something. Uh, that's all I remember. Uh, it looked beautiful. Like the graphics on it are great. Uh, it looks smooth. Uh, but I'm same with Richard. I was looking at it and I was like, all right, I know this guy cannot just sit here and block indefinitely in these kind of games. Uh, I know there's supposed to be a lot of rolling, uh, and he's not doing any of that. And he just does like a a, a stabbing move to this heavy armored dude. And it was just like, yep, well, got him done. All right, cool, let's move on. <laughs> I was like, that is, that's not how that game goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm definitely excited for it just because of the fact that, like, my experience with Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and stuff like that, like, I, I've owned, I bought Dark Souls 3 the day it came out. Um, I've owned Bloodborne for forever on PlayStation but never just made myself play it. But I always felt like this game is one that I think I could really just make myself get into. And um, I hear that Dark Souls 3 is like the Weenie Hut Jr. of Dark Souls games, and I couldn't get past the first boss. So I'm really hoping... I mean, I probably need to go ahead and buy an extra DualSense controller. <laughs> In case I decide I need to break one over something. Uh, Steven? I've platinumed all of FromSoft games so far. Just want to put that out there. Nice. Well, maybe you won't be able to platinum this one because it's not made by From Software. Pa, 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 oh yeah, yeah, it'll be platinum. <laughs> it will be platinum. 
Don't uh, you worry, Mitch. It'll be platinum. I, I guess don't worry, everyone. It's going to get platinum. Steven, what's your thoughts on uh, Demon Souls? Um, well, again, the graphics graphics were pretty good. Um, this is coming from someone who knows nothing about Dark Souls, nothing about Bloodborne. Um, but I have heard things, and there's memes about it, and I've watched a little bit of gameplay on it. Um, and just it just didn't seem like there was any type of level of difficulty compared to the other games. Um, maybe it was just for showcasing. To, like if you're if you get good at the game, uh, these are things that you can do. I don't know. Um, two something else that uh, concerns me with um, that with no status bars, like with the stamina and the health and everything. Uh, me personally, that would bring my level of anxiety up. Um, <laughs> not knowing if I'm close to dying. I'm pretty sure maybe if they don't have a health bar, they're going to have the redness that shows up on the screen to indicate your health and everything like that. Um, maybe they'll have a color on the screen that, to indicate when your stamina is low um, or, or something along those lines. But um, if they don't have that figured out, then they should probably figure that out. Now they've got well, that. What it, what it is is that whenever your health gets really low, it just says you died on the screen. What about right well, before I you mean, died? <laughs> yeah. right about, <laughs> what about right well, before you die? You know. Let's say it. It is if you're talking about like Dark Souls or something like that. You know, you're you're probably going to get one shot at a lot <laughs> to mm. begin with. So. Yeah, I mean that that was just for showcasing. It, it isn't. They're going to have those your HUD up there. You're going to have all that kind of stuff. I think they just wanted to show off graphics and things like that for it. Uh, but, yeah, just the difficulty itself. I mean, it was just funny for me. I don't think the game is actually going to be that level of difficulty. It just was funny that he was just one-shotting these guys and acting like, uh, you know, their attack speed is low or, he, you know, he already just run up and just hit them and then just kept on walking. I was like, nah. I don't know. Those guys take more than one hit to die. So, <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure it's just for showcasing, but at the same time, it was just funny. It was just something I had to point out. Yeah. This was more of Steven's alley, and I guess mine too. How about that? We'll put it that way. There we um, go. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. We got another good look at this game. This time it was all about campaign. They did a multiplayer blowout uh, two weeks ago now, or last week. But this one showed off the first... Uh, campaign mission and it was captured on ps5 so it looks really good they also uh showed off that there is a playable alpha of the multiplayer that's coming out this weekend september 18th through the 20th uh and that's gonna be free for uh free and exclusive to playstation plus members so if you have a ps4 or ps4 pro you can take advantage of that saving what you think about the the campaign uh demo we got well, it's obvious I probably won't be playing it this weekend. Uh, I forgot that I have to work. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, I've played Call of Duty in the past, but uh, recently, probably like in the last nine months, I've really gotten into it uh, and going back and playing different things. Um, yeah, the graphics are just amazing. Um, if the storyline is anything like uh, Modern Warfare. It's going to be amazing. I don't even have to worry about that. 
Um, I don't know if they're going to tie up loose ends with it or anything, or they're going to keep this going. Uh, but so far, I'm excited. I just can't wait to see how this is going to go. Yeah, uh, Richard, you were watching the live event with me. Uh, what did you think about the the campaign mission? Yeah, I thought it looked awesome. I think I told you when we were watching it that I didn't. My whole reasoning for for not really being into Call of Duty and stuff like it is simply because I'm the online portion of those games really doesn't appeal to me, and it feels like a, a large portion of those games applies to just the online aspects, and it's hard for me to justify purchasing them. But from a strictly campaign perspective, uh, yeah, it, it 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 looked amazing. It really did. Yeah, it did. They would look great. All right. So after Black Ops Cold War, another game coming out on November 12th, uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, which I do believe Devil May Cry 5 came out last year, so it's kind of exciting that it's already getting a uh, next-gen version. Uh, David, have you played Devil May Cry 5? Uh, yes, I have. I played it uh, on the last night available for Game Pass. Uh, because I was like, oh crap, I've been putting this in the back burner for too long, and they're taking it off the Game Pass. So uh, I played it, got through like two or three bosses. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's very much uh, Devil May Cry, and a lot of people I'm sure are happier with this version than they were with the uh, DMC uh, reboot, uh, which I didn't have any problem with that game. I mean, it was a Devil May Cry game. It just He had black hair, and they just tried to reinvent it a little bit, and People get but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is it something since you didn't beat it? Is it something you think you'd pick up again on the next gen? Uh, if I did, I mean, it would be on Xbox, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it will be out for a console discount sale of some sort for digital purchase at some point, and I'll probably get it for discount. It's it's one of those it's one of those games. I'm sorry. It's one of those games that uh, like you have to be you know very much into it and uh, understand all the combos that are in there uh, to get like those perfect score because it is stage based and they score you. So uh, I I usually suck at those games, uh, but I would love to uh, would love to uh, be better at it. But I usually am not. I usually just you know, <laughs> B B plus my way through or. Usually a a rank. Nice, Richard. How are you feeling about Devil May Cry Five Special? I've not played one, two, three, or four. So <laughs> I, you know, I, you know what I what I'm about to say may be unfair because I haven't played, but just when I think about games that look like that that I have played, there's not not to go back to the Dark Souls thing, but you know, there's a level of skill involved with those, and I feel like Devil May Cry is just a button masher, and I, I, I can't get into button mashers. So, I mean, it, I guess it looks decent, but it's just it's it's not something that I would get into or play. I mean, you can button mash, but it's not going to do you any good. I kind of don't want to continue because I never finished uh, Devil May Cry Four. I made it to the last boss. Couldn't beat them, probably because I had things going on. Um, but seeing that I've played one through almost four, I just want to continue the storyline. It's one of those games to where um, 
I'd like to beat the games before I get the next one. It was the same way with Gears of War. Um, I didn't play five until I had completely done four, and that was like two years after the release of four. Um, so I'm definitely probably going to get it, but it, it's just going to have to wait. Gotcha. This next game is another game I'm like really hyped for until I saw that it cost $70. Uh, we didn't actually see it today, but Destruction All-Stars, which was one of the, the first games shown off for PS5, it's like this... Um, to me, it kind of felt like... It, it almost felt like um, if you took Twisted Metal and Fortnite and shoved them into one game, that's a really bad comparison. Don't actually hold me to that. It's more of like a cartoony-looking Twisted Metal-type game where you're trying to destroy each other's vehicles and stuff, but once you get out of the vehicles, you're trying to like still kill each other, but just without the cars anymore. And it looks great. I wish we would have saw more gameplay of it today, but it is coming out at launch. And it's, like I said, it's $70, and this does not feel like a $70 game. I could be wrong. There could be a lot of stuff packed into this. Uh, Richard, do you remember Destruction All-Stars or something you might pick up? Oh, yeah, it looked amazing. I'm I'm not picking it up for $70, though. <laughs> uh, no, that looks like one of those just multiplayer-only kind of fun times that's more than definitely a sale price pickup. It's it's not a $70 pickup. Well, you had me at uh, Twisted Metal. Who wouldn't want to play that game? But uh, when you threw Fortnite in there, I'm like, uh-uh. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably look at some more games. Uh, look at the trailer again on it uh, and see how it goes. Because I haven't played Rocket League either, so I couldn't compare it to Rocket League. Um, so I'll have to look at the trailer and see if that's something that I'd actually want to get into. Especially if it's going to be like a, it's, it's kind of like a battle royale, right? I don't know how many players it is. I think it may be like four on four or like eight player free for all or something like that. Yeah. Cause I was saying if it was, if it was going to be like a battle royale, I play enough battle royale games as it is. I probably wouldn't pick it up if it's something like that. But if it's scaled down to a, a smaller map with less people, then it may be an interesting pickup. We'll see. This is the last one that's confirmed for launch for a PlayStation first party or any other game like that. Um, Sackboy's Big Adventure, which is like the... Uh, it's the Super Mario 3D world of PlayStation games, if you ask me, is what it just looks like. Um, this one... Also, is $70, which that's just going to be a, a hard price tag to sit on, I guess. But that's the new norm. So I don't, oh gosh. Uh, David, jump to you first. That's yeah, a, what is that? Uh, somebody think they're Nintendo or something? <laughs> exactly. They could be, be pricing their first party games like this. And like, at least Nintendo still prices their game at the same time as, uh, or same price as everybody. But they just don't depreciate in value. They just like the forty dollars is about the lowest you can find one at retail. Um, yeah, I just don't understand why uh, Sony is charging like seventy dollars for some of these titles. It's, I mean, I get it. You know, a lot more production goes into it. You know, and and then payback for all the I guess HD that we got going on, but <laughs> sixty frames per second. But I'm just like, I mean, if it's become that much of a problem to make these games. To uh, to a point where you have to increase the price more and more and more, then it's just going to make me not buy as many games as much as much as much. You know, it's just 
I don't know. If you guys feel like your games are have to be so big to be, uh, you know, and then you charge so an equivalent amount for it, stop making your game so big. Do you know quality over quantity or something like that for hours or or whatever. Most of these games are just rinse and repeat grinders, anyways. There's very little uh, amount of uh, story games anymore, besides like um, um. Indie games, you know, indie games do a lot of story stuff, or small, small developers, they do a lot of story stuff, and it's like these big people who are making millions and billions of dollars are the ones that are doing freaking rinse and repeat missions, where you just grind for gear. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know, I'm just tired of prices increasing for games that don't really feel like they're dishing out what I'm paying for. Richard, uh, as far as Sackboy's Big Adventure goes... If this was something you were going to pick up, you would also have to buy another controller so you and your daughter could play it together. Is that a turn off for this game? You hope she doesn't see it? <laughs> no, I mean, I had every intention of buying this and another controller. So, okay. And then I've got, I've kind of got a little different opinion. You know, when it comes to the game we were just talking about, that Destruction Derby, looking at something like that, that doesn't feel like a $70 game. But if 70 is like the new norm, you know, it, it's, it's just 10 more dollars. I mean, you know, you and your girlfriend go to Starbucks, you're going to spend more than that. It's not a bank-breaking increase, I think, for AAA titles. So, I mean, 70 is probably fair for the, the little big planet because, I mean, I've... I've played Little Big Planet since when did it first come along? What PS2 or PS3? I think it was PS2. Yeah, PS3. Oh. So you know, it's it's one of those flagship titles that you know you you made the the joke about it being like the Mario. I mean, it's it's similar in a way. So there's a lot of content there. Uh, there's always been a lot of content. There's a lot of user created content. I think it'll probably find its value there a lot more than. Um, that destruction derby game would. I just hate the term new norm. I've heard new norm too much in 2020. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's I'm I think it's justified that we're seeing a price increase. If you think about it, there hasn't been a price increase on games since the 360 PS3 era when they jumped to sixty dollars. So I mean, it's not too far out of the realm of reality that there is, especially since games are getting bigger, that they're having to charge a little bit more for them. But like, yeah, to what y'all are saying, that I, Destruction All-Stars, and for me personally, Sackboy's Big Adventure, this doesn't seem like a $70 game. Like, Then again, though, Spider-Man does feel like a $70 game, but they're selling it to us for 50 bucks. So it's like, how do you find that happy medium Instead of saying a new norm, it's a happy medium. Um, <laughs> well, that's not. I don't. I don't think the Miles Morales game is a full game, though. I thought it's just like a. It's going to be like Blood Dragon or or. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be like a full yeah. length type of thing. Yeah, they they haven't clarified how long the game is, but it's. I imagine it'll be about ten to twelve hours. I don't know how long Spider Man was. But I mean, if it's if it's ten hours, I mean that's about how as long as it takes to beat uh, God of War. I mean, that's a triple A or a first party mm -hmm. PlayStation game. It takes about ten to fifteen what? hours to beat it. 
Not at all. Well, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I don't say that. I mean, I guess if you're only doing what you have to do. I'm getting that number based off of someone online earlier said it took them about 15 hours to beat it. I, I have not beaten God of War, so I don't know. I think if you do all, if you add like the side quests in and like, like all the Valkyries, there's no reason to yes. kill all the Valkyries, but you can. If you add everything in it, it's, yeah, it's a lot longer than 10 to 15. Yeah, I think it just really depends on whether or not you want to be a completionist with it or not. That's fair. I'm at eighty percent completionist. <laughs> hey, some I games would... I would I would love to have a hundred percent on, but then there's some games where it's like, okay, that's going to be like fifteen more hours of gameplay just for one achievement. I'm good. I'm going to move on. <laughs> I mean, that's me. Like when I was when I beat The Last of Us Part Two, I was like, dang, I could just go back and finish this game. And it was like, no, you have to play through the game, the whole game again. And I was like, hell no. Like that the <laughs> second half of that game dragged for a little bit. I couldn't put myself through that again. Oh Not man, yet. I don't know. Yeah, Steven knows he was there. <laughs> he he just saw the look on my face and just like I was about to fall asleep. And that's nothing against Last of Us Part Two, but Abby sucks. No, yes. <laughs> Her story sucks. Mm-hmm. So I think um, uh, Richard, you were talking about uh, when you're playing Dark Souls three. <clears throat> excuse me, Dark Souls three. You had to like get some kind of ring or something like that. You had to like grind against like this one monster for hours or something like that to get this zero point zero five percent drop of it. Oh, no, God. that wasn't a Dark Souls. I do remember doing something like that. Well, you would start like you know. I said a platinum all the Dark Souls and the FromSoft games. Those are, you know, you have to get multiple endings and stuff. You go into those kind of accepting the fact that you're going to play through that game more than once. Um, so I can't, you know, I'm not a completionist on everything that I play, but there are some things that, you know, when it comes to like FromSoft, those games aren't necessarily huge, but the level of difficulty makes them feel really vast because, you know, you're having to concentrate a lot more on winning boss battles and stuff like that because you get to a point where leveling up just doesn't matter. So, eh, you know, that's, that's that's a little different. I mean, I, I'm a completionist to, to some things to a certain degree. I don't mind grinding through a game multiple times if I really, really enjoy it. Right. Yep. All right. And so that's going to be all the games that we know of that are coming out alongside the PlayStation 5. Again, um, all of these come out on November 12th, which is that Thursday, except for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which comes out on the 13th, which is that Friday. And with that being said, let's jump into games that we know are coming out in 2021, starting with the big one that accidentally got leaked like two days beforehand, but um, I tried not to tell anyone about it because I know some people would have their hype crushed over it. David, Final Fantasy 16. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy. I mean, they spent how many years making uh, Final Fantasy 15? Since Final Fantasy 13 came out, right? Or a little bit before that? 
uh, before it came out. Uh, They're going to call it Versus 13. And it got like scrapped, rebuilt, scrapped, rebuilt, scrapped, rebuilt so many times. So us in the fan community, we're sitting there like, when is 16 going to come out? You know, they also had 14, the MMO. They had to rebuild that game because when it first came out, it sucked. Now, I know that's like a different division and everything, but, you know, they seem pretty spread thin, especially with Kingdom Hearts coming out. You know, they got all these other games coming out. They, they just got done making the Marvel uh, Avengers game. So, I mean, it's like, okay, when is the next uh, Final Fantasy game coming out? And then with this trailer that I saw today for gameplay, uh, looks awesome. Um, I kind of got a little bit of the story when I was watching it. I had to, like, watch it once or twice just to understand. But it seems like, uh, you know, your summons, which used to be, like, powerful, and then they got kind of watered down, and then they got powerful again in 15. I think they're still kind of going with that uh, that idea, where you're going to have a powerful Esper or summon, uh, but it seems like it's locked in on an actual person. You got, like, these avatars that are using, uh, that activate these Espers, to come out and do, you know, their bidding or whatever that used to be done. And it looks like the main character actually utilizes Ifrit, which has, like, been a staple character for Final Fantasy uh, since, like, you know, what, three? Three or four? So, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. It looks beautiful, and I like the um, the era that we're in. We're no longer in, like, boy band, futuristic, but medieval at the same time kind of thing, <laughs> or even with 13, where it's, like, futuristic. Like, we're back to medieval, like, all the way. Magic, armor, and, and swords and axes. Um, the only thing uh, I could say that's a negative right now is you're only playing as one character. You don't have multiple people in your team. You don't even have, like, backup people uh, for right now for what I see, uh, which is a little disheartening. I like to play Final Fantasy uh, games because you have a group of people. You have, you know, different classes. You have different moves. Um you can customize however you like to play. For this, you're you're basically Sora. You know, you're playing as one person flying around the screen, destroying stuff or killing people. Uh, so I'm a little taken back by that, but I'm still excited about it. I really am. Steven, you got anything you want to add on top of that? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit disappointed at the uh, fact that it's going to be a hack and slash now. Um, also disappointed that Microsoft dropped the ball on this one. Um, but as I said before, um, pre-show, I'm definitely going to be playing it, even though I'm not going to have a, a PlayStation Five. You can thank Nintendo for this like weird relationship that Sony has with Square Enix. Uh, Nintendo around Final Fantasy VII era was not going in the same direction that that uh, Square Enix wanted to go uh, at the time. Square. And uh, and so they said, okay, well, Nintendo, if you're not going to go with this technology, we're just going to leave you and go somewhere else. And then they started going with Sony when Final Fantasy VII happened. That's when everything changed over. 3D, uh, big giant swords, anime-style characters, and then it just got taken off. Because Dragon Ball Z was big at the same time. So it kind of the wave kind of connected between those two. Uh, and then, but that's Final Fantasy history. But anyways... Uh, you can thank Nintendo for losing that friendship with Square Enix. Uh, if they kept that friendship, who knows? We could have Final Fantasy throughout every console from then on, or just still on. Mm. Thank you, Nintendo. 
Yeah. <laughs> Richard, anything to uh, close out on with Final Fantasy 16? I don't know why we only saw one character in the combat scenes that, that they showcased. I don't think that's final product. That That's really so opposite of what literally every other Final Fantasy experience has been about. Um, right. I don't think that's I don't think that's a thing moving forward. I don't I don't believe that it's a solo type deal. I thought the combat actually looked a lot similar to Final Fantasy 15, uh, just minus the team part. But I think that once we get to the final product, I, I do think it'll be a team based experience. I, I don't think it'll. I mean, you may have some areas where you know you play solo, but. I think the majority of the game, you'll have your party just like you would in any other Final Fantasy game that's ever come out. Well, the uh, extended DLC for Final Fantasy XV, you played as a character. You rarely had someone else with you fighting. So right, I don't know right. if, if Final Fantasy XV uh, are doing that. They're playing around with the idea of just having a one-character story. But, uh, I mean, I'm still going to get it. Uh, if it is one character, I'm not going to be too mad. But uh, I, I agree with you. I, uh, until the uh, the final product gets shown, um, keep all keep all opinions or expectations. This one, this next game is more, I think, up Richard's alley than most. I could be wrong. Uh, Richard, how's your hype level feeling for Resident Evil Eight or Resident Evil Village? Man. It's probably one of the most hyped next gen titles. So far that I know about, just because I'm kind of I'm, I'm craving that sort of visceral experience because I don't see any type of um oh what was is the team that did Resident Evil Four they went to Tango Works or what was the name Evil Within Evil Within One and Two those, those are really spectacular and I don't see another one of those coming along anytime soon so yeah I love those types of experiences I hope it's really difficult it looks. Oh man, it looks amazing. It looks great. I can't wait for that. That's February, isn't it? Uh yeah, February twenty first, I believe. Yeah. See, that's that's an awesome Valentine's Day gift right there. Unfortunately, I am not going to be getting it. I love everything about Resident Evil. I love everything about Resident Evil. Um, but it is just one of those games I grew up watching it more than I played it. Because uh, my cousin was into it, and he had everyone on the day that it came out. So it's just more enjoyable for me to watch gameplay on that game than to play said game. The only one I've beat was Resident Evil 5. Yeah, Resident Evil 5, that's the only one that I've beat. Um, because that was like the stopping point to where I wasn't watching my, my cousin play it. And uh, at the time, I wasn't really into YouTube. Um, so I really knew nothing about uh, gameplays, watching other people with gameplays. So I played it for myself and then I got into YouTube and watched the rest of them. So it's just something that I enjoy watching rather than playing. I got you. To a point, uh, Resident Evil 5 is also the only Resident Evil game I've ever beaten. Nice. So. <laughs> uh, David, how you how you feeling about Resident Evil 8? Um... I have opinion to it because I've never beaten a Resident Evil game. They just feel like 
feel like I don't know. It just it, like a Baldur's Gate. It feels like I'm playing a Baldur's Gate that should be an action game. I just don't like usually how they play. Uh, but then again, I never played the first two on PlayStation, so I wasn't around for the beginning. My brother had it, watched him play it. It was fine, but I mean, like it was just a series I just never got into. And the little bits that I did play, uh, it just it felt like an awkward controlled game. Like, I was seeing it differently than how I was playing. Wasn't working right for me. Those games have to step to the side and bow out. Hmm. Not a game. Well, okay. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trash it. You know, I like, <laughs> I like the Resident Evil series. I like what it has done. Uh, I respect it and everything like that. It's just not a game. So I can't really say I have a, too much of a well, sounds like Resident Evil 8 should be the perfect jumping off point for you. Then you have seven games to look back toward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, it's man. like if you, it's like if you started playing Final Fantasy with Final Fantasy 8. Like you, you you have seven more in the back burner to pick up or seven plus games. Oh god. Okay. Eight. All right, um this next one I think pretty much got everyone really excited and that is Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, which I've never seen so many group chats that I'm in explode all at the same time about a Harry Potter RPG game. Uh, Steven, let's throw it back to you. Let's start. How are you? Uh, are you excited about Harry Potter RPG? Shit's going to be dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's ready. He I was ready for it. About Harry Potter. Um, I've read the books. I've watched the movies. I have merchandise. Um, the only thing about Harry Potter that I did not like was the the AR game that they came out uh, with on mobile. Oh, trash, yeah. trash to me. The but Pokemon um, Go game. Yes, I'm like it's trash. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, I've actually talked to like 20 people about it since I found out about it. So yeah, I cannot wait. This is going to be interesting. Uh, no words. You know, you were talking about the um, the mobile game, and it was trash. But port key games, I don't know. Did port key games have anything to do with that particular? They did. They they, they uh, did. There wasn't a. I know uh, Niantic was the lead developer on it, which mm. is the same one who did Pokemon Go. Right. But and I think they did a uh, part of it. I think they did Ingress too, didn't they? Yes, Ingress was Niantic's first game, which is where they got the uh, map and everything for um, Pokemon Go. All right, so there is there is a Harry Potter game. There's a Harry Potter mobile game called Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery, where you develop your own character. It's basically an, a Harry Potter RPG. And it follows the same path as like a, a mobile game. You know, you only have so much energy to do certain things every day. But if it's if it's anything remotely like that, it'll be excellent. And if you've not played the one I'm talking about, forget that that Pokemon Go related one. Uh, search your app store, and it's I think I, I just yeah, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. 
check that out. That's actually really good. So if it's an embellishment of that game and they're really playing off some of the systems that they created as far as like going to the different classes, playing Quidditch, and just everything involved with Hogwarts, yeah, I don't, that's, if they don't screw it up, uh, that'll be one that'll, it'll be historical. All right, David, I know uh, your wife's pretty excited about Harry Potter RPG. How are you feeling about it? Shoot, yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy it and make her happy. Um, and I might actually play it too. Like, um, I like the universe of Harry Potter. Um, I remember when I was a kid, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, Harry Potter. My mom actually liked it, and so we watched it, and at the time I was like, these kids are annoying. But the later <laughs> movies I started to like when they started doing more mature things. Uh, but yeah, uh, I actually really like the Harry Potter universe, uh, with all the monsters and magic and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely probably, uh, most likely going to play it, but I'm definitely going to buy it for Brianna. Is it, I had this, this weird thing. If I watch someone play a video game, I feel like I've experienced it. So there's no need for me to play it, but I'm going to try to try to make my own character and game out of it too. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely up there with one of the most hyped games that, um, was shown off and this game actually was leaked like two years ago right before e3 and then never showed up so it was kind of a it was just weird to see it show up and it looks freaking awesome so i i, I can't wait for it to come out also can't wait for this processing order wind wheel to stop turning so i know if my order went through because i may have a playstation 5 in a cart with my payment information put in hitting the place order button and just waiting for it to go through do Best Buy, Richard. <laughs> um, Give up on Best Buy. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm at the very end. I got my payment information put in, billing information, place order button. I got the one with the disk drive because that's the only one that was available. I'm just waiting. Anyway, um, we'll come back to the last one here. Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, was, which was the only game in this whole presentation that was not slated for 2021. So there's no idea when this game is coming out. I'm not an Oddworld person. Uh, Richard, you want to take it away? Are you an Oddworld fan? It's been so long since I've played them. I mean, I am. Uh, I am looking forward to this one because I like the the kind of the retro feel of it. But, man, it's it's just it's been so long. It'll be weird to kind of go back into that that world especially with all the other options that are going on right now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much my excitement level is on that. It's probably not something that I'm going to get, you know, first thing. That's fair enough. Uh, Steven, Odd World? No, hard no. Um, hard no. Only because I, I know nothing of it. And I know, um, I think I was a, teenager coming up on adulthood um when art world was was a thing and like it didn't strike my fancy um now i know things have changed graphics have changed storylines have changed but if it doesn't if, if, if there's nothing that catches my eye from the get-go of that series you're probably not going to catch me picking up anything on it um that's no again that's no knock against the game um it's just not something that strikes my fancy all right. David, how about you? I 
we'll probably pass on it as well. Um, this new gameplay of it, it doesn't seem like it's uh, like the classic Oddwill, uh, Oddworld. If I remember correctly, the classic Oddworld was just a straight up platformer uh, in a weird in a weird uh, universe. Um, uh, Richard, am I right? I mean, I watched my friend play it, so I mean, I'm not too versed into uh, it. I mean, it looks like it looks like the same style, but they've definitely added other things to it. I think that with a lot of the 2D platformers, what they try and do now, I think they call it, what, like a 2.5D platformer where they do add like a 3D aspect. But then I don't... It looks at some point like he's... Well, no, yeah, you still you still had to guide other creatures like yourself through. So, I mean, it, it definitely looks more embellished than the original titles, but it still kind of looks like a like an Abe's Oddworld Odyssey type thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched my friend play it. He really liked Oddworld games. I liked the universe, the story, uh, but it was not a, another game that I did not get into, so uh, probably will be passed for me as well. No love for the Oddworld out here. Well, I said I'd get it. It just wouldn't be one of those day one things. Yeah, no, I'm just it's gonna be one of those where, like, you know, one week it's like, hey, it's only twenty dollars on digital now. I'll grab that. You know yeah, the bad thing, uh, I agree with Richard on that. The bad thing is that we're getting close to the point to where it's no longer going to be, oh, this game's twenty dollars on sale. It's going to be forty dollars on sale or something because of how expensive games are getting now. It's like. Dang, what a great deal. It's almost 50% off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those are not times I want to be a part of. Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, This next one, as soon as I saw it, I had to get on my phone and message Steven because I know he'd be excited. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach would have been the last game I ever would have thought was going to show up at this event. But Steven, is your hype over nine thousand or what? I am such a groupie for Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> um, I have watched these these gameplays from day one. I can tell you the ins and outs. I can tell you the lore. I can tell you when this was made, what was made, who was the best theorist to figure out the lore. Um, and for it to come out and it looked that amazing, I cannot wait. It's going to be another one of those games to where I'm going to have to quote unquote buy for my girlfriend. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm just wondering where they're going to go with the story because like, there's been plenty of ways that the story has been wrapped up and summed up from burning animatronics in the buildings to uh, the guy who was doing the murdering. He was in some type of purgatory where he had to live those nights over and over again to, you know, different things. And like the end, the ends of the lore have changed up so much. It doesn't leave you um, what it leaves you way too much room for imagination on how the story is going to go. That's why it's got me so excited. All right. Uh, David, Richard, is Five Nights at Freddy's something that you guys see yourself picking up, or is it kind of too niche for you? I'm just trying to figure out how Steven's girlfriend's going to play any games with all these games that he's going to buy for that he's going to be playing. Or when he's just going to admit that he's buying the PS5 for himself. Uh, I, you know... I, I, <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I, I said it in the beginning. Microsoft dropped the ball on a lot of these features. So the features that I can't get on my Microsoft console, I will get on her Sony console. I mean, it it, it totally feels like when Homer bought Marge the bowling ball that had Homer's name. <laughs> 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 Yo. Yeah, I mean, five nights. I've never got into it. I didn't know there was that much lore. I thought it was just some stupid jump scare game. So I don't know if the story's that interesting. I may be willing to go back to the beginning and just kind of dig through it. Don't worry. I'll send you all types of links after the podcast. <laughs> you, know, you, you will see uh, 19 different thumbnails featuring Matt Pat from Game Theory talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I think he's, yeah, I think he's got like 13 uh, lore uh, videos out right now. It's it's going over books. It's going over video games. It's going over the little mini stories that he's got. It's going off of um, the new movie that he's getting ready to come out with. Uh, for it, so yeah, it's really jumped up there. I oh, wow. the movie. Meanwhile, I have um, hit place order on this five hundred and forty-six dollar transaction at least twelve times, and I finally realized it might be a good idea to check my bank account to make sure I have it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't own twelve PlayStation fives now. Sounds wow. like you're gonna have eleven good Christmas presents. It sounds like I'm gonna start scalping them online. <laughs> Nice. Makes them make a pretty penny. All right. Uh, let's wrap up this uh, PlayStation thing real quick. Uh, I skipped over one Death Loop. It's coming out quarter two of next year. Uh, any quick thoughts on Death Loop before we jump into some last uh, last bit of this PlayStation stuff? Not really. Um, I've mentioned before that um, I like the the style of it. It gives you that whole. Um, international man of mystery type deal um i think that was like around the 70s uh and there's only one game that i know of that was made with adults Swim with some developers called uh jazz punk that had that same type of aesthetic dealing with that game um and seeing that i haven't seen much on uh that type of aesthetic i'm planning on giving it a check out yeah i, I love how it's stylized it's got like that 70s kind of um, funk kind of like black dynamite or something like that. I just, yeah. I love how it's stylized. It's just, it looks gritty. It looks funky. It looks awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out. <laughs> Shut up, little girl. A lot of guys got that name. <laughs> 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 All right, Dave. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's a definite, definite hard pass for me. I, uh, Never been into it, and being the ex department manager that I am, yep. Yeah, you're you're fired. That's, that's yeah, it. you're ruffling feathers <laughs> over here, sir. <laughs> For Five Nights at Freddy's, a, a kids jump scare game. Yeah, no, it's definitely a hard pass for me. And uh, and I was going to no, say, especially wait, no. for me being wow, thanks, wow. Oh, I never talked about Five Nights at Freddy's, so uh, that's oh, what oh, my mind was still on. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, five, five Nights at Freddy's, no. Uh, I was a toy department manager, and I saw those toys every day. I had a soccer moms come in all the time. Do you have Five Nights at Freddy's toys? Yes, they're right here. <laughs> what are they? Ugh. 
Those are the parents that didn't pay attention to what's actually going on. It's dealing with a man who is a security guard killing kids, stuffing them into animatronics and their souls possessing the animatronics. That doesn't sound kid-friendly to me at all. Yeah, if I knew that, uh, I would say that to them and probably not have sales. So it's probably best that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, no, it's it's definitely uh, a game I'm not into, would not play. Uh, and then uh, for this uh, other game, it's like uh, Hitman Groundhog Day. So, yeah, uh, I'm interested in it. Very good. Seems pretty right. cool. Uh, to wrap up this PlayStation talk, um, just a couple more prices for some of the accessories. Uh, the DualSense controllers, $69.99. I think we had talked about that, how they were going to be probably $10 more than the DualShock 4. Uh, their 3D Pulse audio headset is going to be $99.99, which is the same price as the current PlayStation Gold headset. Uh, their HD camera uh, is $59.99. And just to point out, this camera is not compatible with PlayStation VR. It is its own thing. So it's basically just it's basically a streaming webcam, what they've kind of called it that. Uh, if you're someone who needs a media remote, maybe me, we'll see. Uh, $29.99 and then a two controller charging dock for $29.99. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not. I think and that's for the first party one. So if like the Power A and like the Nyco chargers come out for it, it'll probably be a little bit cheaper. So uh yeah. So, so that's finally got through all this PlayStation uh news. And uh so we're we're running out of time. We're going to have uh, one more topic to talk about, but we're going to take a quick break before we get into that. And uh, I put out a an, kind of like an ad on Twitter the other day trying to just help uh, some other smaller podcasts uh, get their get their name out there a little bit. So uh, I'm actually going to run an ad from the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast, uh, a bunch of dads who, you know, they they get together and they talk about games when they can, but, you know, they also have like their their dad input to put on a lot of stuff. Uh, I've been listening to their podcast uh, about a couple, about a month or so now. Uh, really cool guys over there. So check out this ad from them. We'll be back in just a second. Go check out the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platforms and at the website deliriousdadsgaming.com. The Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast is a gaming podcast geared towards dads who are gaming enthusiasts. They bring gaming news, game reviews, tips and tricks, and gaming quizzes with a dad perspective in mind. If you're a gamer, but life keeps you too busy to keep up, then they have your back. They don't take themselves so serious that they can't have fun. They include fun, joking banter that keeps the content both entertaining and relaxing. Check it out today on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Twitch, YouTube, and more. That's the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Delirious Dads Gaming. Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast at DeliriousDadsGaming.com. Go check it out now. All right. Welcome back. Um, hope you enjoyed uh, the ad from the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast. And hopefully you'll check them out because they're awesome. Uh, we're going to wrap things up with one last topic that uh, I wanted to present to everyone. And, um, you know, as this this console generation is coming to a close, it, obviously the Xbox One and the PS4 will stay around for several years to come. But whenever I consider a generation done when the next thing comes out. So they've got about two months left before they are going to be on their way out the door. 
So I wanted to pose the question to you all about what is your game of the generation? Now, I'm kind of considering this generation to have started with the Wii U because it was the first of these three systems, technically. Uh, so that came out in 2011. Um, then, you know, the Xbox One PS4 came out in 2013. And if you, if you're Game of the generation happens to be on the Switch. It's kind of like a... I don't know where the Switch really falls into that, so that's kind of acceptable, too. Uh, Richard, I want to start with you. What is your game of the generation, if you had to pick one? My my impulse would be to say Bloodborne because uh, of the storytelling and everything. But I think, I think its accolades kind of speak for itself, so I'm going to go a different direction and honestly say that I think Game of the Generation would probably be No Man's Sky. Simply because it created such a new exploratory experience for so many people. And it had such a bad beginning because there was a lot of promises made that it just didn't meet expectations at all. I remember when it first came out, everybody was wanting to return it. Everybody was trashing it. it. It was horrible. But... Over the years, uh, with their free updates, by the way, they've, they've not charged anything for all the content that they've added. And they've added so much content. The game is almost unrecognizable uh, than it was when it first came out. So for all of that, uh, for the experience that it gave, for the visuals, uh, for the sense of adventure, uh, for the sense of kind of traveling into the unknown and not knowing what to expect, I'm going to say No Man's Sky would be my game of the generation. Wow. All right. Uh, Steven, let's jump to you next. Oh, let's see. I would go with the Destiny series. Um, only for nostalgia purposes. Um, even though I really didn't get into um, anything halo related um just the nostalgia of how the game ran uh the, the core functions of the game uh core mechanics of the game um the the graphics and just all in all the storylines it's got that that spacey 2000 3000 years into the future type uh deal with it where aliens isn't that weird of a thing to talk about um and it just brings back the nostalgia of halo um, I remember playing that as a kid, and it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. And to to play Destiny, um, it just meant a lot to me. Um, especially seeing that um, I'm one of those people who usually get the the next gen consoles later in the game um, for fear of bugs. Um, for me to be playing that for the first actual game. Uh, when I got my console, uh, it's a pretty nostalgic moment for me because I had pretty much dropped off from video games altogether. Uh, I played a couple of mobile games here and there. Uh, so I was just exploring um, territory that I was already in. And for me to find something that I instantly clicked with and I had, um, I had my doubts about wanting to play video games again in the first place. Uh, for that to pique my interest and open the door to everything that I know now, um, I'd have to give that the game of the generation. You know, it's funny, at least so far, I, like I haven't got to David yet, but the the games y'all have chosen were games that like 
at one point I may have considered as well. Uh, but at the same time, it almost seems like the games that y'all pick are games that you don't really talk about that much. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I know Richard's talked about No Man's Sky, and I'm sure, Stephen, you've talked about Destiny. But, like, whenever mostly we talk about the games that, like, we like and we play, those aren't, like, the games that, like, we really spend a lot of time talking about. Mine's going to really be that way, but I'm going to save mine for last. Uh, David, Game of the Generation. I honestly can't narrow it down to just one. Um, there's been so many games that I've put record amounts of hours into, whether they're the rinse and repeat games or whether they are just games that uh, I am so glad that I got a chance to play uh, or that came out. Like, uh, there's some, like, a lot of games on the Switch for me were like that Breath of the Wild, uh, Mario Odyssey. Uh, Ultimate Alliance 3, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, I put a lot of hours into that, and you know, they had, they kept it fresh, they kept coming out with DLC uh, for it, you know, some of it was just like characters in like a, a revamped version of the of the story, and then they finally came out with the Fantastic Four stuff, and it makes me feel like they're going to implement things from this game into the MCU universe, you know? It, it it just feels like it is connected, even though it's its own standalone thing. Uh, it just it does honestly feel connected to it, and it that actually made me feel good and kind of hopeful for what the MCU can come after Thanos. So, uh, so there's like a little bit of nostalgia built into that. Um, but no, I, I mean, I loved Final Fantasy 15. I thought it was a great uh, new direction for that uh, type of game uh, for that series. Uh, it just I just had so many good games, so many good times. Multiplayer games, Destiny 2, had a lot of fun playing that with friends. I liked it a lot better than Destiny 1. Destiny 1, I didn't even know I beat the last boss until my friend said, yeah, you just beat the game. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so, I mean, yeah, man, it's just, there's so many memories in there. Shadow of Mordor uh, and Shadow of War, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the uh, revamp Assassin's Creed games. Those were a lot of fun. Um, I just, I just, I had a great time uh, with it. Uh, Recore, uh, I really liked Recore. That was a forty dollar uh, Xbox uh, first party title, and it was very much like a Metroid ish game. Uh, it was a three D platformer, and they had like the color based uh, enemies that you had to match the color with to get the kills on them. Uh, plus, like uh, platforming, time trial trials, and things like that. That was a brush of fresh air. It was very pretty. I mean, even though it was like in a sandy area, very pretty of a game. Uh, Far Cry Four was my first Far Cry game. Loved it. Uh, put a lot of hours into that. Uh, Monsters, uh, Monster Hunter Worlds for PS4, Xbox, and PC. Uh, I put a lot of hours in that, and that was a lot of fun. That was a multiplayer game I played with my friends. And it's just so many good memories, man. I'm I'm going to be missing this generation. I'm glad a lot of these can come over to the newest generation. It's just so many uh, hours put in these games. A lot of stuff came out on Game Pass. It's just it, the list goes on and on for me. Like even some things I just picked up and played for maybe ten hours are games that I would you know cherish until the end of time for the most part. You know, that's awesome. So I got two. Um, one being like the game that I think I had the most fun playing. Uh, the second one 
is going to be the one y'all are going to be like, what did he really say that? But I think personally, this particular game had the biggest impact on this generation. Uh, the, my personal fan favorite game has to be The Last of Us Part Two. Love the story. Everything I, I shit on this game all the time. Those about the Abby bits. But like that, it was just such a perfect game. Like looking back on it, there's no way I could think of that game anything less than perfect, even if I did have like minor. Because it's just me. Like if you look at the game as a whole, like the game is phenomenal. The gameplay itself is great. I like the stealth, the way that they make Ellie feel like she's actually in this environment and like can adapt to like anything. It's perfect. But uh, my overall, like if I had to pick one game for game of the generation is Fortnite. And listen, hear me out. (laughs) Hear me out. Back to, to the point that, you know, David... And Steven both said that Destiny 2 was up there with their game of the generation. And No Man's Sky. Fortnite was the pioneer game to get cross-play and uh, cross-platform support. Get that ball rolling to where players on Xbox and PlayStation and Switch and mobile and PC are able to play the games together. If you look back two, three years ago, there wasn't cross. No one was talking about cross play. No one was talking about, man, I really wish I could play destiny with my friends on Xbox, even though I play on PlayStation. There wasn't, Hey, let's go all get in our ships and fly around in outer space and no man's sky. Or like even maybe even later tonight, Steven and I playing call of duty, modern warfare together. Like it's Fortnite, even whether you hate the game or not. I thought you just said we were going to play No Man's Sky tonight. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, it's Call of Duty time I tonight. Okay. I don't have No Man's okay, Sky installed right. on my PlayStation. Hey, if you want to play Fortnite, though, I've got it still on my Switch. But anyway, uh, Fortnite as a whole, like whether you hate the game because it's like babyish or you hate it because you don't know how to build or you don't like the concept of battle royale games that the the point of it being that like no matter what system you're playing on you were able to finally that barrier between consoles was finally lifted and you know it once fortnite started doing it xbox and nintendo the like every game that they had that supported it kind of just fell in suit so or um any game that could support it fell in suit. So like Rocket League and Minecraft got crossplay. And Sony being the console leader literally stuck their nose up to it. They were like, no, we have no way of controlling what happens when people play with other generate other console gamers that are not on our system. And it took about three months of people constantly like myself, badgering them online, and they finally said, you know what? Screw it. And they enabled crossplay across the board on everything that would support it. Like same day, Fortnite, Rocket League, Minecraft, and then they all got it. And then ever since then, every game that supported crossplay has come out the gate with it, like Modern Warfare, like Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Um, I'm sure there's plenty other next generation games that are going to have cross-play and cross-generational support 
come with it. And it just, it's, it's a big deal. Like that's like the biggest, to me, that's one of the biggest like leaps forward that this generation has gotten us through. So yeah, Fortnite is my, my game of the generation. I know it's a, it's a weird one, but. Well, I don't know. Um, like I, I agree. Fortnite did uh, kind of trailblaze that a little bit. I also feel like Minecraft had a big hand in that as well to try to get uh, other people to do that. So once Minecraft got bought out from Xbox, you know, they started doing the server stuff by server and anybody can join on there as long as they, you know, have the server service. So, you know, computer and, and Xbox were able to play and then eventually uh, and then eventually Nintendo Switch and Xbox and computer were able to play. So, I mean, like it, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know to what extent Fortnite did that, but I do say that I would say that they probably about 60 to 75% trailblazed that. I mean, I think I, I think there's always been talk about how do we get there, but as far as like being the the at the forefront of it, I really do think Fortnite really pushed it a lot more than I mean, maybe not at maybe Minecraft came in and you know did a lot of and once they saw Fortnite kind of picking it up, I wasn't really paying attention because I don't play Minecraft. I do I did at the time play a lot of Fortnite, so at the that was something that was constantly in front of me. This game was trying to get everyone to be able to play together. And just the idea that like I could go over to a friend's house and like, I think we've, we've done this before, David, you were playing on your Xbox in your living room and me and two other people were playing on our switches in the same living room. And we were able to all play together with no problems. It was just like, this is great. Right. Other than the fact that it controls like crap on the Switch. I mean... No. <laughs> yes, it does. I have no problems with it. I, I play on the Switch every so often. The only thing that I have a problem with on the Switch is connecting to my Microsoft account. It crashes the game sometimes. I haven't played Fortnite on Switch in a hot minute. Once, once Fortnite... The only problem with this whole thing is that Fortnite eventually got to the point to where... Um, the Switch version could no longer keep up with the Xbox and PlayStation version, so it got relegated to being able to only play with mobile. And uh, half of that player base just got kicked out the door because of the Epic iOS lawsuit. So, like, you, you can only Mitch, play with I remember, you, I remember you got mad because you had to start a whole new Epic profile because uh, you had your main one on PlayStation. And, uh, and if you were going to play on Switch, you couldn't uh, transfer over your purchases and things you like were, that. And you so were you very to... right. You were that was a hurdle um, because of the way that PlayStation was doing it. And I changed my my name on uh, Fortnite to unlock my PS4 account. <laughs> 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 and, but eventually, that showed them. <laughs> eventually, it all got smoothed out. So now my purchases carry across all all platforms. If I ever want to pick it up again. All right, though, uh, we are, I, I don't I don't know how long we've been recording for, but I sure do feel like we've been recording for a really long time. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and just plug some socials and get out of here. Uh, Richard, we'll start with you. Uh, BoardGameBreakdown.com, the uh, episode featuring the unboxing of Marvel United will be available on YouTube tomorrow. Or or today, as of the time of you listening to this, probably. Oh, well, yeah. It's in yeah. about eight minutes it'll be today. Yeah. So, 
All right. Uh, David? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try to get into streaming and maybe um, some, I don't know, YouTube review stuff. I don't know. I, just, I, wanted, I want to leave work and work from home. Uh, so who knows what I'm going to do. But my uh, Twitter hand, uh, handle is at uh, the row my toes. Uh, you can always message me on there and talk about some video games and stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, cool guys. Uh, please and uh, thank you for listening to us and supporting us. Yeah, Steven. Uh, again, we're going at uh, SoundCloud.com. Um, it's a lot of hidden talent on there, um, and I know people uh, shit on on the website a lot about um, SoundCloud artists and everything. Trying to say that's the bottom of the barrel, but you'll be surprised uh, the amount of talent that you can find on there. Uh, I'm also on there too, uh, Breaker Beach 2020. Um, and go give them a listen. Also, um, looperman.com. Um, it's there for you to have that extra push. Um, if you're having that breakdown on tracks or or um, getting some type of melody, they kind of give you that stand-in for that melody. Um, or if you're looking for drum kicks or acapella or just the instrument by itself, um, they've got a lot of stuff on there. And uh, <clears throat> they help me out from time to time. Uh, so I suggest if you're looking for sounds or qualities for whatever you're, uh, you're doing, whether it's making music or... Of uh, the filming industry, you can find a lot of good sound files on there. So I'd say give that a check. Awesome, um, Michael. Unfortunately, couldn't be here tonight, um, but just in his stance, uh, make sure you check out his uh, Facebook page, Open Box Tech Deals, where he has all sorts of uh, gaming electronic goodies that people put on discount because of the box is damaged on it. Uh, I don't have any particular ones to share, but I'm sure his uh, Facebook page is filled up with them. You can also check out his other uh, Facebook page, Unsolicited Nudes. That's N-O-O-D-S, where he shares the steamiest pasta memes um, you can find on the internet. And uh, if you want to find me anywhere, twitch.tv forward slash Meechflow. Also find me on Twitter at Meechflow. And I don't have a lot of interesting projects going on that aren't school-related that... uh, I'm not going to try to bore anybody with. Uh, just keep your fingers crossed for me that I'm hopefully going to be able to get a PS5 pre-ordered, if not tonight, by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Really want to get one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. Um, we got some interesting topics to talk about next week. Uh, granted, there isn't a massive uh, dump of news that comes out, but... Um, I don't know how much more big news we're going to have now that everything's kind of out and open, Uh, but we'll just play it week by week. But until then, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Later.